everyone, welcome to Cafe Convos with Kay, where I give a coffee lover's take on life. If you are new here or a returning listener, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate the support. All right. <laughs> hey, everybody. Um, I know it has been a while since I have posted an episode, but as always, life gets in the way. Before we jump into today's topic, I really wanted to give an announcement. I will now be posting episodes bi-weekly, and the new post date is on Sundays. So hopefully that does not confuse anyone, but I figured it would be a lot easier for me this way, and I would not feel the pressure of posting every single week because sometimes that is just not realistic. And instead of beating myself up about it, I'm just going to have the podcast work with my schedule and my life. So yes, bi-weekly, every Sunday, you can still find it on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, that has not changed. So you might be wondering, where have I been? What's going on? Cue life update music. I have a lot to update you guys on. Well, not really a lot. One big thing though, and that is drum roll. Boom, 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 boom. I quit my job. Yes, you guys, I quit my job and not to start my own business, which (laughs) we will get into later. But I quit my job because as some of you all know or have even listened to previous episodes, I really was not that happy with my previous job, even though it wasn't social work. There was just a lot of issues that I was having with the job, and God just opened up a door for me to start a new job. And the way it happened is just a testament to God's glory, and I really want to share the story time of how it happened because I just have to really glorify him in this moment and just continue to glorify him. But hopefully this story will provide hope for someone who was in my same shoes or, you know, are in my same shoes where I did not love my job. But um, basically what happened is a few weeks ago, it was probably early June. So my birthday is June 12th. Now, you guys remember that my birthday is June 12th. That is going to play a huge factor later on. So early June, I walk into work and you know, when you just feel like so heavy spiritually, you walk into an atmosphere and you're just like, this is not it. I don't know what's going on, but I'm not happy. I'm sad. And that morning I was actually in a pretty good mood, but when I stepped foot in that office, y'all, it was like my spirit just really crashed kind of. And it was already a stressful morning as soon as I walked in the door with the printer not working. And I laughed with my friends, I, well, I joked with them that that was a metaphor because I wasn't working that day either. I was so aggravated that I just left. I didn't get in my car and drive away, but I did leave the office. And lucky for me, I had a supervisor who was so amazing and just so understanding of me and she knew that I was not entirely happy with my job. So she really didn't make a big fuss about it. I walked outside. I called one of my best, best and truest friends and I just cried to her. 
and I told her how unhappy I was and how I kept telling God that, you know, I didn't want to be at this job for a year. Now I started this job June 14th of 2021. And I was just telling her how I am so sad that I might really be here for a year. I don't like this job. I'm ready to leave. And everyone seems to be elevating and I'm still stuck in this same space that I was in months ago and I'm just not happy. So of course you gave me encouragement and we got off the phone and then I just cried out to God. And I remember I told him that, Lord, if this is where you have me, if this is where I'm supposed to be, then give me the strength because I'm tired and I'm weary of being here. And I don't know how much longer I can deal with this. And I know I can't find another job right now, but I am so unbearably unhappy. So I I just need you, but I will stay here if this is what you have for me. So after I said that prayer, I just finished with my day and about five o'clock hits, I'm laying down at home and all of a sudden one of my friends and hmm, new coworker, she calls me and I'm like, hello. And she's just screaming in the phone because that's her personality. And she's like, I'm sitting here with my boss and we just really want you for this job. And I'm like, what, (laughs) what are you talking about? And she's like, yeah, um, it's a job here at the organization and we just really think you'd be great for it. Now, mind you, at this agency, I had interviewed for a different position months ago out of emotion. I was upset and I wanted to leave my previous agency. So when she called me telling me about this new job, I was like, mm, I don't know because I've interviewed for you guys before, but it was a completely different position. And I had got offered the previous position as well. However, God was telling me, it's not your time to leave yet. You need to still stay here and work on what I have you doing right now. So when she called me though, fast forward to when she called me earlier in June for this new position, I hope you guys are catching up or keep or keeping up. Sorry, I know it's a lot, but I don't want to give the agency names. So when she called me for a new job, I was just like, mm, I don't know. And her boss was like, Kenethia, we really want you for this job. Like, it is paying X, Y, and Z, which was way more than what I was making at my, at the job that I was currently at during that time. And I was just like, okay, that's a nice penny. And she just went down the line of everything that I was worried about because I just really didn't know if I should take this job or not. I had so many questions. Mind you, no interview is needed for this position. So they're just like, look, if it's yours. Literally, it's yours. And I said, I told her, you know what? Let me think about it for a few days. Let me pray on it. And she was like, of course. You know, you definitely don't want to make this decision without praying on it. So I hang up the phone and I'm just like, God, what is going on? This is, you're kidding me. You're joking. Like, there's no way that I, that you did this this quickly. So I call some of my friends, some of my friends and they're like, what? You really thinking about this? Take this job. Like, this doesn't happen every single day where people are offered jobs that pay them way more 
and offers less stress, by the way, I would have way less clients than what I was, than what I had. And I was just like, you know what? You're right. But I was so afraid to take that leap because I'm thinking to myself, last time God told me no, but maybe he's telling me yes this time because this time I did not seek it. It sought me. I did not go looking for this job. I did not apply for this position. I just didn't no resume, no anything. These, this job literally called me. So after thinking about it for y'all less than 24 hours, I emailed her back, my boss, well, my, my current boss. And I told her, you know what? I'm taking the job. I'll take it. And it just felt so good. I had no reservations. And even one of my really good friends, you know, who is very rooted in Christ, she was just like, you know what? I have no reservations about this. Every other time that you tried to leave, that you tried to move, I felt I felt reservations. But about this, I feel like you should go. And to me, that meant a lot to me because she is someone who I 100% trust and I trust her judgment and her word. And I just know that she's hearing from the father. So I was like, you know what? You're right. I'm going to take it. Now, back to those dates. I did not want to be at my previous agency for longer than a year. Started June 14, 2021. Started my new job two weeks later. Not only did they give me two weeks, but they allowed me to take a little bit extra time to just breathe and get myself together. So, left, I mean, started June 14, 2021. You guys, I started my agency, my first day with June 15th, 2022. Come on now, y'all. That's God. That's God. That's JC. That's that's Jesus Christ. Y'all, y'all, literally, June 15th is when I started my new position. After telling God more than once, I did not want to stay at that agency for a year, longer than a year. I just couldn't do it. I don't know what it was about 12 months, but I was like, 12 months feels like an eternity, and I cannot do it. June 15th, a few days after my birthday, after I came from Atlanta and had an amazing birthday, an amazing time, I started a new job. And I am very happy with my new job. I really do love the agency. I love my coworkers, my clients. I love the fact that I have my own office now and I can actually close my door. There are just a lot of pluses. And my new agency is right next door to my old agency, which is so weird. But everyone at my old job, they were just so supportive. And I got no pushback. I got no no messiness, no passive aggressiveness. <laughs> Everyone was just so happy for me, especially with my degrees. They just felt like, you know what? This was honestly the right time for you to move. You are ready for this. And that just meant a lot to me as well to have a leadership that wanted to see me move on and succeed because that was also what I was worried about. You know, when you ever you leave a social work job, you do think about, oh man, like I'm leaving clients behind. I'm leaving a lot more behind than just a regular nine to five position. But with them, they didn't want me to worry about that. And that's a beautiful thing to me. So yeah, <laughs> new job. 
extremely excited about it. And I just wanted to, you know, give you guys an update and just glorify his name in that moment. But we are here to discuss something else. Now, if you see the title of this episode, then baby girl, you know what I'm about to say. Stop telling people to quit their job. All right. Now, I don't know when this whole entrepreneurs versus nine and fivers debate started, but it's raggedy and it's tacky at the same time. Because I don't know if it would be Simone that started it. I, I feel like when she made the comment of, you know, I only date entrepreneurs. I saw a huge rise in this whole, like, well, nine to fivers. This is why we don't date nine to fivers. And I'm not blaming it all on B. Simone because I do understand where she was coming from. And that was a long time ago. So we're not going to, you know, redrag her. Well, I, I never dragged her. But I don't want there to be a resurgence of the redragging of B. Simone. But. Yeah, she made that comment and so many people were like, you know, yeah, because 9 to 5 is this and entrepreneurs that and taking a vacation when I want to and you can't do that. And and it just kind of got ugly, to be honest with you. And I was just like, what is this? And ever since then, there has really been this whole debate of, well, which one is better? And, you know, you should quit your job and just start your own business. And I'm just like, <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. Calm down. Who said that? Did God say that? Did you say that? Like, who said it? Because from what I remember, nine to fivers help make the world go round. <laughs> Jobs. Any job help makes the world go round. So why are we even having this debate? But lately it's just been all over social media posts and podcast episodes, and just various forms, and it's just been everywhere, you guys. And it has honestly been very draining, especially for people who do not want to be entrepreneurs or people who are actual entrepreneurs, and that is no shade, but come on now, y'all. The word entrepreneurship has gotten sloppy, sloppy, sloppy. It's gotten used very loosely, and I just feel like, no, like I, one of my best friends, you know, she owns her own boutique and I see how hard she works. Like I see how hard she works and I'm so proud of her. And I think that some people, you know, want to start their own business, but there's not conversation about how difficult it can really be. And my issue is not with people who want to become entrepreneurs. I think that you should do whatever it is that you feel like God is calling you to do. However, my issue is the smug attitude that seems to come with new entrepreneurs talking down on people who still hold those nine to fives. That is the only issue that I have because it almost feels like some entrepreneurs, not everyone, but of course, is always, you know, the people, the most controversial always are the loudest, right? Get the most attention. Some entrepreneurs are kind of having this whole attitude of, you know, well, I don't want to want us nine to five because you don't have this certain mindset. And it's just like, well, what certain mindset is that? You know, like, 
what do you mean by that? And it's just, you know, I'm a go-getter and I need someone that's a go-getter like me. And I need someone who is, you know, as hardworking as I am. And I'm just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, since when did entrepreneurship become a synonym for hardworking? If you're a hard worker, then you're a hard worker, whether you're at Walmart, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you are working for your parents, it doesn't matter, you know? Hard worker is a hard worker. So I hear people use language like that. That's where I'm like, all right, that is actually not okay because you're kind of implying that nine and fivers are beneath you. And I just choose to fight back against that mindset that anyone is beneath anyone. So that is really what this episode is about. And it's the fact that not everybody is is meant to be an entrepreneur. You know, owning a business is not for everyone. And this is not to belittle anyone's business. But the simple fact is we have come across people who own their own business that just shouldn't. Okay? Maybe it's not their time or maybe they're just not meant to be entrepreneur. We know them. You know, we have tried to work with them and you're just like, why are why do you have this business? You know, you have people who run online businesses and the quality is horrible. You know, you get the product and you're like, what is this? Or the customer service, y'all, the customer service, please get a team. If you know that you are not the best at customer service, then maybe you should hire on a friend or go into business with someone else who is great at that, who has what you're lacking and vice versa. But you have people who are starting a business and are better with numbers than they are with people. And that's okay because that's life. But you can't be horrible with people and then be in control of the product, the customer service, the everything, because I'm reaching out to you about an issue and I'm getting attitude back. And I'm just like, wait, what? And then when I ask for my money back, you're not even trying to find a solution. You don't even care. And that, to me, makes me upset because I'm trying to support you, especially if it's a smaller business. I get it. It's hard to get a team together if you are just starting out. However, that is not my fault as the customer that you did not mold yourself to fit this role and now I'm having to suffer because I'm dealing with someone who really didn't take the time out to work on themselves before kind of jumping into this business and like I said not to belittle anyone but I'm pretty sure if anyone listening to this episode has more than one story of working with a business owner who was just nasty flat out rude I've met a lot of them. And of course we can't, we can't talk about this without taking into account the disproportionate financial, um, financial headways that a lot of, especially black business owners encounter, you know, it's harder for black business owners to gain that same attention, to gain the same press, to enter into certain rooms with resources that have access. And that is, of course, a huge part of it. But at the same time, there has to be a solution for that still. And going and being African-American, going into business for yourself, you already know this. 
if you have done some research. So it is up to you. It is a part of the process of starting a business for anyone to take into account the financial hardships that you are going to encounter and not allow the customer to feel the brunt of that. But I do take that into account with a lot of small, especially black businesses. I extend extra grace because I do understand, but my grace has its limitations because I am not Jesus. So I will try, but I will find someone else to do the job if you just cannot do the job. Sorry, not sorry. Um, it, it also just goes into purpose. And anyone who knows me knows that I'm big on purpose. Not everyone is meant to own their own business. You know, nowhere in, in the Bible did God say, you know, and let there be LLCs. He didn't say that. All right? It's not everyone's purpose. We cannot all own a boutique. We cannot all have a lash business. We cannot all start clothing lines or... Whatever it is that you want to do that you're like, you know what, I I really want to jump into this. We're not all meant to, meant to do that. And to me, that's perfectly fine because a part of life is finding what God has for you. And everyone is starting, is has LFCs in their bios and you can just tell that they're not really passionate about it. When they talk about it, it's really the money part of it. And money is not a motivator enough to really have a successful business, you have to love it, have passion, feel like it's your purpose, wake up and do it because you genuinely actually care about it. But for a lot of people, they're foregoing their purpose for a dollar or to just, just to say, hey, I'm an entrepreneur. And I don't think that that is always the best mindset when you are entering into any new field is to have that mindset that I just want to make money because it shows and it, it, it comes across when people interact with you that you don't really care. It's just about the money. And for me, I would much rather find my purpose than to just say, oh, well, hey, I'm just going to get into this business because of the money. And that, and that plays a part in why some people don't understand the importance of repeat customers you guys just because someone buys something from your business like i said the customer service the quality is lacking doesn't mean i'm going to come back the reason why certain businesses have been able to ex um, grow is because of repeat customers the first starbucks opened and became successful because when people went they knew that they were going to get good coffee. They knew that they were going to have a smiling face, you know? They just knew that that was going to come with it. So they kept returning. And a lot of people don't understand that just because you make $50,000 in your business, that's great, but how many people are going to be coming back? And a lot of people don't talk about that with businesses enough. It's just kind of like, oh, well, I have my own business and I'm making this money but it's kind of hard to keep up with it because you're always having to find new customers because the other customers are kind of like, mm, this isn't really it. I'm going to go somewhere else. And the thing is, nothing under the sun is new. So there are probably going to be 10 people doing the same thing that you're doing. So what makes you stand out? What makes me come back to you? What makes me want to continue to use your product, your service? 
work on retaining your customers. Work on that. A lot of small businesses don't really think about the trust of the consumer. I go, I go to a business because I trust it. I trust that Target is going to have good quality. I trust that my friend is going to have, you know, quality clothing because she actually puts the time and attention into going to LA and testing the clothes and actually caring about what she is selling and paying someone hundreds and hundreds of dollars to build her up a beautiful site. And the business that I'm talking about, because I keep using her as a reference, is my really good friend, Jessica. She has a boutique called In South. The Instagram is In South at In South Co. So if you ladies, summer coming up, want some cute clothing, please check her out on Instagram. But anyway, that was a small shout out. But I see the hard work and the quality that she puts into her clothing and me, I just feel like she is going to retain those customers. And I'm not just saying that because she's one of my good friends. I'm saying that because I see how much work and time that she is putting into building a business that women can trust and that they will return back to. So repeat customers, guys. Say it with me. Repeat customers. Okay. It's really important. Now, the bottom line of all of this, okay, the bottom line is, please, stop stepping down on 9 to fivers. <laughs> Let's end this debate, you guys. Let's just end this debate, okay? There is There shouldn't be one. And I am so proud of black women who are the fastest demographic of entrepreneurs, you guys. 50% rising from 2014 to 2019. Y'all, that's beautiful. That's amazing. But I also tend to see a lot of black women who have kind of upkept this debate. You know, when I do go on social media and or just on YouTube and I do see clips, it is mostly, I hate to say it, but black women who kind of uphold these this mindset of, you know, quit your job, open up your own business. But at the end of the day, as mentioned earlier, no one is really talking about how difficult it can be. It's just kind of the, the it's just glamorized statement of quit your job and start your own business, be your own boss, right? And that's great if it is within your purpose to start your own business, However, black businesses, especially black women, do face so many hardships and we do not have equal access to resources. So when you are telling someone to quit their job, when you are telling someone to open up their own business, are you also helping them with a blueprint? Are you also opening doors or at least leading them to spaces where other doors will be opened? Are you bringing them on as maybe a mentor, you know? And telling them, hey, keep your nine to five right now, but allow me to help you. Allow me to teach you what I have learned. Or are you just telling people to, you know, to quit your job, start your own business without there really being a conversation had? And this kind of makes me think about um, the whole, you know, girl boss movement, the whole black girl luxury movement where we are seeing so many 
women who are like, you know, starting their own businesses, but there also tends to be this almost elitist mindset because, you know, hey, what what is what is moving without some elitism, you know? We have a lot of women who are just in, engulfing certain nine-to-five women, doctors, lawyers, but there's not a conversation had on the average black woman who's supposed to start their own business, and we're just telling them, hey, you know what? Just just quit your job and just do it. Where's the blueprint? Where is really anything that they can actually hold on to for help? And that, to me, is a big problem because we're setting people up, especially, you know, young black women to almost fail because we're just holding this, this, this elitist mindset that, Hey, just do it. No, not everybody can just do it. Some, we do have to take on that responsibility. If you're going to be saying that to also provide resources and a guiding hand, not do everything for someone but it, I do think it is important to remember that not everybody has equal access. So let's just keep that in our in, in, in our minds before we just blatantly maybe make statements. And it, there is this whole glamorized view of entrepreneurship, and there's not really much of a reality that is had where being an entrepreneur is hard, and a lot of people sometimes don't do their research and looking at how to really run and upkeep a business and how difficult it can be to have a successful business that will continue to grow and grow and grow over time versus a popcorn business that just comes and it goes. And if that's some people's goal, then that's fine. Not everybody wants to own a business for 10, 15 years. Some people just want to be entrepreneurs who open up businesses, are successful in it, it runs its course, you want to start a new project. Nothing wrong with that, you guys. But most people want to start their own business and they want to keep it running because you got bills to pay. <laughs> so with that comes extra responsibility. And I really do hope that while we are telling, especially African-Americans to just start their own business, that we are also providing resources and access to resources and not just access to resources behind a paywall, you know, but giving free access because that is what our Caucasian counterparts and even Asian counterparts, because a lot of, you know, Asians come to this country and they do open up their own businesses, but they also lay down groundwork for other Asians that are coming on board. So as African-Americans, I do think it is important that we help each other out that we open up doors and that we give access to those coming behind us who show interest in starting their own business. And that we're not just using that term so lightly of, you know, entrepreneurship, just, just, just do it. It's not that easy. So I don't want to ramble and rant too long, but I've been seeing it a lot on social media and it's just kind of, so it's a bit annoying because like I said, those statements, they rarely come with, with access. They rarely come with advice or any real resources. And when someone does decide to do a, um, you know, and this is not no shade toward anyone, any group, but when people do 
say, oh, I'm going to teach you how to own your own business, a lot of it is kind of like, you know, find what you're passionate about. <laughs> and, you know, you got to be up late at night. I know that. But who did you use? What ma- what manufacturer did you use? You know, what are the rates? How am I actually going to make money from this business? I'm coming to you because I want exact details. Now, whether a person decides to use it or not, that's on them. But telling someone to quit your job and start a business and then the piece of advice that you give them is that you're going to have to stay up late so that this business can be successful is not resources. And that is not worth charging $400 or $500 for entrepreneurship class just to tell someone to stay up late and to not take care of themselves. Yeah, I've seen that a few times and I'm just like, mm mm Nope, not it. Scam, scamarella, and please stop scamming. Okay, stop scamming. Scamming is not a business, and like <laughs> that sounded really shady, but it wasn't meant to be shady. I'm just being super honest because, hello, we're all seeing it. Let's talk about it. Scamming, it's not a business. Being a scammer is not an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs are people who really take their time who pay attention to their business, please stop scamming. If you know any scammers, report them. I'm kidding. Mind your business. Um, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> if you've been scammed, I'm sorry. But <laughs> that wraps up this episode, y'all. I can't be serious even for a second. So, like I said, bi-weekly, Sundays, boom. Um, break the episode. Comment. Let me know how you feel. Follow me on Instagram at Kanithia two underscores. And I am excited to start a new schedule. So stay.